We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right. Yes, that is me, Brian Mazurowski, here with you until 10 o'clock here on WBEN. Good morning. Happy Monday to everybody out there. Thanks for hanging out with me for the next hour or so. Uh, hot one out there yet again. Yesterday was brutal. Yesterday was it was too much. I said it. That's too much, Bob. Walking outside yesterday felt like 95, according to my phone. I don't know how accurate that is, but it, you definitely felt it. Too much to do anything out there. Had to, we went to get ice cream after dinner and there was a long line. And I feel like some people walked in and they were surprised at the long line. And I just wanted to be like to everybody it's a hundred degrees out, you're going to get ice cream. That's like, you're not the only person with this idea. It's, it is a fairly common thought of what to do when it's a hundred degrees outside. That's what it felt like yesterday. Uh, but no, hope everyone's beating the heat out there. I, there's a reason why we live in Buffalo. Like that's the to everyone who says on a day like yesterday, don't complain about the heat. You'll be complaining when it's too cold. Like yeah, I'll be complaining when we have a week where it doesn't get above five. But only when it's a week like that. When it's a day, I expect it. Days like yesterday. If you want that all the time, there's a place you can go. It's called Florida. It happens all the time. You walk out the airport doors and it just hits you like a sack of potatoes. And this is not supposed to be that. I mean, we, you know, we deal with them a couple of days, but we've had what, like four days like that over the past three weeks? That's a lot for this area to be dealing with that heat. So I don't, I'm not, not that I'm like complaining terribly about it, but I'm just saying you're allowed to say like, oh, it's too hot for me without somebody jumping down your throat saying, don't complain. Like, listen, I live in Buffalo. You, the, don't complain it's too hot when you live in Florida or Texas or Mexico City, Mexico. But when you live in Buffalo and it's 95 degrees and humid, you're allowed to complain. At least uh, for me, and uh, have at it. Uh, we'll hope you stuck through it, and you're with me today. Where are you right now? It's kind of what I want to know today. Where are you? It's Monday morning. It's nine oh nine. Where are you? Normally, I would say you're uh, you're at work. But are you at work? What are you doing on a Monday morning at 9 o'clock in the year 2022? 
I mean, it's August now. I know a lot of vacations going on. Some people might have, you know, the seasonal hours, wherever they work, they're off right now. And then uh, things get kicked back into the swing of things in September. But is that you? Are you at work like you always have been? Or uh, have things changed for you? I've been thinking about this throughout the morning because there were a couple of things written over the weekend about the working from home, about no one being back at the office. Now, I say no one's back at the office. It's not true everywhere. Some offices are back. Maybe some offices never left, but some offices, you know, you, you have all your workers there and you're back right where you uh, used to be in 2019. But for a lot of places, it's not that way. It's not fully back. Might not even be half the way back. Right? I, I mean, a lot of places are still trying to get people back into the workspace. And then there's this idea of where is your workspace? Where are you? Nine o'clock on a Monday morning. Is it the same place you were August 8th on a weekday morning in 2019? I hope August 8th was a weekday in 2019. I did not check that in the calendar before I said it. But, you know, in our conversations this morning, I got thinking about a couple of things because we were focused on schools and nationwide reports there's a school teacher shortage. And what's that like over here? And we were talking about that, Mark Laurie and Michael Cornell, and both of them were saying, you know, the teachers, it's an issue in some. It's not as bad as it is in other areas of the country. What they're worried about is school bus drivers, where there's been a shortage for well over a year. And that's something we talked about a lot here on this show, especially a year ago this time, school bus driver shortage. What's going on? What are you doing to help this out? Because that's something that, hey, you need, you're going to open schools, you need to get the kids there. I said, pay them $100 an hour. You have all this money. The Buffalo schools had a press conference a year ago to say that they had a billion dollars at their disposal. To get kids back to the classroom. And guess what they weren't doing? Literally taking their kid to the classroom. So I said, use that money. Pay them $100 an hour. If you can't get bus drivers, you'll get them then. And then uh, you just heard Jill Schlesinger, Jill on Money, and we were talking with her about teachers just in general. And, you know, she said, and I kind of expanded on it, one thing that stuck with me. And whether we're talking about school bus drivers or teachers... (laughs) What she said is that it's hard. And I said, well, yeah. And, you know, full disclosure, I'm married to a teacher. It's, if you do it right, it's hard work. I mean, it can be a lot of work. And, you know, especially talking about a school bus driver, a school bus driver compared to a delivery driver, you're both driving during the day. One of them is dealing with a bunch of screaming kids. I only say that because I know how my school buses were when I was going to school. We were screaming. And another is just dealing with packages which don't scream unless there's like something inside of one. A live cat package. You're not supposed to do that, but that would be screaming. But one of them is way easier than the other. And one of the problems in 
getting people into these jobs where you might have a shortage is it's hard. And I said it to Jill, why would somebody want to sign up to be a school bus driver or a teacher or work in these jobs that, you know, when done right, it's a lot of hard work when seemingly right now everybody knows somebody who's working from home. They work, what, maybe three quarters of the amount, it seems, that they used to, and they're making a bunch of money. And I guess the question at the end of the day, and my question to you, or one of my questions to you, is do you want a hard job? How do you view your job? Are you signing up for a job that's not going to be easy? I think that's a very interesting, interesting way of looking at this whole workforce thing we have going on right now. Because different people want different things out of their work. And I'm wondering if as a society we're shifting a little bit. 8030930 to join me. You can give me a call. 8030930 here on WBEN. Or you can send a text on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. You know, a couple of people were talking about this over the weekend. Uh, one of them, Malcolm Gladwell. You know, Malcolm Gladwell, famous author. He is, um, how do I describe Malcolm Gladwell if you're unfamiliar? He is the type of author that normal people like you and me will listen uh, to and read and then talk about if they want to appear smart. Right, if you... If somebody in conversation is bringing up Malcolm Gladwell, that person probably thinks they're a little bit smarter than they actually are because they read Malcolm Gladwell. Well, anyways, he was talking over the weekend about this very thing about work from home. He was on a podcast, and he was talking about getting back to the office and how he is in favor of it. Uh, These are some of his quotes taken from this podcast. I saw this uh, written up in the New York Post. He said, it's not in your best interest to work at home. He said, I know it's a hassle to come into the office, but if you're just sitting in your pajamas in your bedroom, is that the work life you want to live? And then he added, don't you want to feel part of something? He said, I'm really getting frustrated at the inability of people in positions of leadership to explain this effectively to their employees. If we don't feel like we're part of something important, then what's the point? If it's just a paycheck, what have you reduced your life to? And for as much as I just said that, uh, you know, that's somebody who you read and listen to if you want to feel and pretend you're smart, I do think that's a really smart point. I, I think it's a real interesting way of looking at uh, the, the whole thing. And it's, it, you know, in a very short amount of time, he hits on a bunch of different parts of the whole work from home thing. The one, don't you want to feel a part of something? That working from home, you're really losing the team, quote unquote, aspect of whatever your job was. And that when you're in the office 
and the office is run effectively, that you feel like you're part of building something important. And isn't that what people have always said, like, about their jobs? Or, you know, people who like their jobs, you hear about all the time, you know, I want to be a part of something important. You work for whatever company. Pick whatever it is they do. They... You build and sell your own brand of defibrillator. Wouldn't it be important as a team, and wouldn't you get your best results if everybody who was driving there thought, or everyone who was working there thought, I had school bus drivers on the brain, that they were doing something that's going to make a difference, that they were working at something important and they were all working together. Wouldn't you get a better result? I, also, he's talking about, well, part of the problem is that in many cases, the people in charge have obviously not conveyed that idea well enough because their employees don't think so. <laughs> that if the bosses in charge who want their employees back into the office were able to, over the course of the last five or ten years... Show people that it is valuable to have you in here, that we are a team working for something together, and that you do want to be around each other to build that atmosphere, then maybe you wouldn't be in this position. And then finally, he hits on this, if it's just a paycheck, what have you reduced your life to? And that's where I think it gets interesting. Because what do you want out of your job? Do you want a sense of fulfillment? Do you want to make a difference? You know, if you are a teacher or a school bus driver, that's the only way I can see you doing that job. I'm, as I'm speaking, there's an ad on the TV here. School bus drivers now hiring starting at $25 an hour. Is that enough given what you can uh, get somewhere else to make you want to drive that school bus? Because I don't think it is. I I think you need maybe some of that sense of you're making a difference. You're doing something you really enjoy. You're getting something else out of it other than the paycheck. But I think there's a big and growing group of people who look at the job. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. Who look at your job as the paycheck. And say, listen... The important things to me are what happens in my personal life. The important things to me is what happens outside of work. And work is just what I do during the week from 9 to 5 to make sure I can afford to pay the bills. And I think that's a maybe a growing group of people. And that's uh, by, you know, I mentioned there were a couple. Malcolm Gladwell was one. Another in the Wall Street Journal uh, over the past couple of weeks, Peggy Noonan. Don't know really who she is, but she wrote it. <laughs> she wrote uh, an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal dealing with this. And she mentioned the CEO of Overstock.com, Jonathan Johnson. And... In the past few months, 
he had been uh, working on a program. He said to foster a sense of togetherness. He invited everyone on their staff to join him for lunch every Tuesday at the company's headquarters in Utah. So everyone who worked for the company was invited. Have lunch with the CEO of Overstock at their thing. And he said, in eight months, a total of 10 people attended. And this was his quote. Most of the time, I eat my peanut butter sandwich alone. When I was 25, if I had the chance to eat my sandwich with the CEO, I'd have been there. And I can feel a lot of people out there nodding their heads like, yeah, what a missed opportunity. And I can see people my father's age doing that especially, right? Hey, you get a chance to rub elbows with the guy at the head of the company. You do that. You make a good impression. Maybe you can be that guy in the mailroom, right, who uh, he sees something in. You get promoted. And I think over the course of generations, there's just there's been a very different view of that, where that was the view back then, and the view now, what you get is a total of 10 people attended. <laughs> I remember uh, having a friend who worked at a grocery store, and the big head honcho was coming around. Now, it was the talk of the store that day. I mean, this would happen to me, too. Working at uh, Cold Stone, working at some of the other places. Worked at McDonald's when Ronald came around. But you'd have the big wig come around, and some people treated it like a, it was a very big thing. But I always remember thinking, I remember uh, my friends saying the same thing at the grocery store, you know, where uh, your parents would say, hey, you know, be sure to you know, make a good impression. The CEO comes around, hey, you know, uh, Make sure you dress nice. Say something. Introduce yourself. Be on your best behavior. And I remember thinking, what what was this now, 15 years ago or so? I remember thinking, um, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Like, what, (laughs) what does it mean to me? What's going to happen? He, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, tossing ice cream or doing whatever I'm doing. Doing what you're doing at Overstock.com. And he's going to see me one day and act all impressed and go, oh, yeah, you know, you're my next big guy. I don't think so. That's probably not going to happen. Now, yeah, whatever. But anyways, this uh, Wall Street Journal author wrote that her greatest concern is that the office is where America happened each day, she wrote, which I think is pretty good. The primary location of daily integration in America, the coming together of all ages, religions, ethnicities, political tendencies, classes, conditions, has been in the office. And now, where is it? Where is it? I remember saying this before. You think politics is polarized now? Just wait until a couple years where people haven't been working together, and really nobody's been exposed to anybody who doesn't think like they do because they haven't been inside the office. Just wait until we see the ramification of that in a couple of years. Well, what do you think about it? And where are you right now? Is your job just a paycheck? Do you feel like you're part of something more important? 
Would you care if you were or weren't part of something more important? 803-0930 to join me. Brian Mazarowski. I'll be back here on WBEM. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, back here, Brian Mazeroski with you on WBEN talking about the return to the office. Um, or, or, you know, or not, right? Where are you? It's 9 o'clock on a Monday. right? It's uh, like the old, uh, it's 11 o'clock. Do you know where your children are? It's 9 o'clock on a Monday. Why aren't you at work? Huh. 8030930 to join me here on WBEN. Um, and, and it's... Different things work for different people, right? I, to a person, if you say that remote work is great for you, I believe you. But I think we are kind of, and this is not just this issue. This is like everything, right? We, I feel, over the last couple of decades, we have... Um, put much less emphasis on things that are greater for society as a whole and more on what's right for us in present day. Because I, I think what's happening here is, you know, yeah, you and I and everybody likes, I mean, it's obvious, right? The Oh, hey, you can work from home. You don't have to go to work anymore. Oh, I don't have to commute. I don't have to sit through, you know, a bunch of meetings that I don't really want to. I can just do my work. No one really bugs me. I can use my own bathroom, which we went over Friday. In my case, big plus. Uh, it's obvious there, the, the benefit that it would have to just about everybody. But as a whole... You know, that thing that we mentioned at the end of the last segment. What happens to us, the collective, you know, if that becomes the norm? If more and more people are out of the office and we don't have these shared spaces for much longer? The workplace was the place where people get together. 
you have the old and the young, men and women, all different types of religions, some you know, some you've never heard of before. Ethnicities, political tendencies, everybody all together under one roof. And where else can you say that? I mean, honestly, if you're being honest with yourself, you might love working from home, but what are you going to do at home that's going to replace that that you got at the office? And what's going to be the result of that? Everyone complains that we're too polarized. What's going to happen in two or four years when everybody's been even more isolated from views that aren't their own? And I think that's kind of a question that we should have, uh, even if we like remote work for ourselves collectively. What is that going to do for everybody? You know, it's interesting. We got a couple of uh, texts back-to-back on our Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, 8030930. Uh, one of them saying, I think you're right. One of my best friends is so because we shared office space. We could never have created such a friendship over Teams or Zoom. And then right next to that person... Someone's saying, I understand your point, but uh, there's many jobs where you should be in the, be in the office, but my pr- productivity is up since working from home. I'm an introvert. I'd much rather buckle down and work, not be distracted with the chit-chat. So, I, and let me tell you, there are two valid viewpoints. And I also think it's a valid viewpoint of somebody, there is this also this greater point, the, the Malcolm Gladwell point of what our boss is doing in not communicating with their employees that, hey, we need you all here to be a part of a team, to be a part of steering this ship together. And there's a lot of people who don't care about that. They're just like, hey, I want to do a job, I want to be paid for it, and I want to get out of here. I want to spend as little time or thought energy as possible around the workplace. And that's fine, too. But, I mean, what do you do? I, I think, did you totally, did you get nothing out of working at the office or working with other people? Let's go to the phones. Uh, Jeff in Buffalo, you're on WBEN. All right, Jeff, uh, what's on your mind this morning? First of all, where are you? I'm, I'm uh, driving around Buffalo. Um, and I just, I just wanted to say, the, the big thing is, over the last 20 to 25 years, Everything has been so corporatized that everybody at the workplace is a number. Is a, is a, and like, like anything in life, every action has an equal and opposite reaction. As everything got corporatized and pushed and pushed and pushed. I mean, just, just think of the fact that 25 years ago, somebody in your family died. The entire company came around you, tried to help you out. Now it's, you got three days after that, come back to work. Anything outside of the normal human resources, little problems, and you're just you're easily replaceable. So why would somebody now, especially in, you know, I work for a mid-sized company, not a large company, not a small one, but why would I dedicate my life to something that at the end of the day, I'm easily replaceable? 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting point, Jeff. Um, you, you know, kind of almost to what you were saying, I, I mean, if you're going to look at this from the other side of things, you know, let, let's say you're a boss who doesn't mind remote work because you're looking at your employees like you just mentioned. I, I It's almost like a, a big ship. And it's like a big ship in a way where, Jeff, I don't really understand how big ships operate, but I'm going to take a stab at it. Where you have a bunch of people working and you can let's say you can work on your own in your own separate space and the ship can run no problem and you'll keep sailing and you'll avoid any iceberg or anything like that but if you're not working together and you're just completely ignoring the team where are you exactly steering the ship to i don't know if that's a good analogy but it's what's coming up on my head when you mentioned you know oh we'll just treat people like they're interchangeable parts if you don't have that collective, I don't know, gung-ho feeling, I at the end of the day, are you really going to make anything worthwhile? Or are you just going to keep doing what you're doing? So I, I am a boss. I'm not an owner, but I'm a boss. And how I explain it to people is like, we're like Legos, right? They, you're all individual little pieces that are nothing. And then we build together and we turn into something, a house a car, whatever, right? So each piece is important, and each piece has its place, and each piece needs to do its job or else you have nothing, just and just pieces on the floor, right? That's, that's corporate speak. In reality, when um, we need to replace a piece, we just replace a piece. We don't care which green piece, blue piece, yellow piece, whatever. That's real life. Real life is, you know, we just plug in where it needs to be plugged in. And I've been doing my particular job being in charge of people for over 20 years now. And I can tell you the world has gotten, again, I like to use the term corporatized. Everything is, you know, our, our employee manual is 300 pages. <laughs> our, everything that you do at work can go back if somebody wanted to, they could pick any reason to fire you depending on if it's, if it's inconvenient at the time or whatever. And, and that's my point. My, my wife works from home, and I can tell you what it's done for our family, especially over the last two years. She spent more time with my kids than she would have in a whole lifetime of raising them because she's been able to work at home. Um, in our particular case, because of the type of work that she does, there's no advancement opportunity no matter what because she's basically call center type type job. Um, so the interaction with other people, yeah, it's nice you know to have friends at work and that kind of thing. But what we've gained has been so much more than what we've lost as a family. I think that if they were to tell her she has to come back to work, we would just sever ties and she would look for another job where she could work from home. And it's easy because. to do that, Jeff. I Do you ever see us returning to a time or what would have to be done to make the whoever you work for, your employer, the company, whatever it is, have a level of importance to where that wouldn't necessarily happen? You know what I mean? Because what you're describing, I think, is the attitude that just about everybody uh, has and should have, right? I, I mean, look, it's I, I'm doing what's best for me. I'm doing what's best for my family. 
you're never asking, am I doing what's best for the company? Because why would you? What does the employer need to do to get that back in the conversation? I, I think it's depending on the work that you're doing. I mean, it's, 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 you know, there's admirable people that are out doing things because it's the right thing to do. Um, I mean, you look at anything, people running charities, this, that, and the other. And I have friends who do things that are just, just because they're a good hearted person. And I think you have to connect as a person to the work that you're doing. But I don't think there's enough of that out there because so many jobs have been watered down to you're just the Lego block. You know, I don't, you, you have to have a personal connection to what you're doing and there's not enough jobs out there that have that connection for the people that are looking for the jobs. I mean, why else would you have people leaving corporate jobs to deliver groceries? You know, they're looking to earn the money just to get the money so that they can do what they want to do. There's no connection to that. You may enjoy it. That doesn't mean that you don't enjoy it, but there's no connection. Without that connection, I think you're lost. And I don't know how you get it in a, in a, you know, fortune 500 company or in a, uh, a law firm that's got 300 lawyers at it or, you know, in that type of environment, I don't know how you get that personal connection back to how, what it used to be. Jeff, thanks for the call. Thanks for the listen. And uh, I think that's an interesting point. Uh, 803-0930. If you want to join me, Brian Mazarowski here on WBEN. And, uh, you know, maybe that cuts right to it at the end of the day. You know, I mentioned this uh, CEO, Overstock.com said he uh, invited everybody on staff to join him for lunch Tuesdays at their uh, company headquarters. Anybody who wants to be in the office, come eat lunch with the CEO. Ten people over eight months is the response that he got. And, you know, maybe the caller right there hit on why that happens and why nobody really feels the need to return to the office in the first place. And, And, you know, there was a similar story out there like this where, now I'm looking at it a little bit different, right? There was a story about Walmart. Walmart has their uh, Walmart Plus or, you know, what everything's Plus, so I'm assuming it's Walmart Plus um, service. It's like Amazon Prime. You get the delivery uh, from Walmart just the way you would from Amazon, things like that. And they were encouraging, you know, sending out memos, you know, trying to get their employees to join the service, not the military service, join the Walmart Plus service. Much easier to do. <laughs> Not a hard ask. Uh, but, you know, hey, get, you know, can we sign up? We, we need some subscribers. We need something positive to show everybody else that we're doing a good job. We need you to help the company out. And to me, and this was getting pushback. And when I first read the story, I was thinking, well, I don't like, why is, why is anybody making a big deal? Of course, the company would ask the people working for the company, to, hey, you know, you could do this thing. It helps out the company that you work for, which in turn helps out you. Because if we're strong, then, you know, you, you're strong. You still have a job. And now after Jeff's call, you, you start to real, really unpack that and think about why. That's, okay, well, say I'm an employee there and I get that memo. And sure, on, on paper it makes sense. Hey, you work at Walmart, subscribe to this service. We really need this for the success of Walmart, which is, you know, the place you work. As an employee, I'd look at that and say, well, all right, well, why do I care? I mean, I am a replaceable part to you. 
there's no real sense of, you know, community or involvement or, you know, that you're doing anything above the paycheck for me. And listen, I'm not oblivious to the stories. You could go somewhere else and make the same salary too. So why, what, what do I care? I'm replaceable. The job is replaceable. And I think that's for remote work, too. You know, why do I, uh, you know, I talk about things that are maybe more personal to you as a reason why you might want to return to the office. Like the person who texted in, I met one of my best friends in the cubicle next to me. How many people have met a significant other in the office? It's uh, maybe the focal point of your social network. You talk and hang out with the people that you work with. Well, as a new hire, if you're just working with people remotely, are you likely to do that? Probably not. But I can see from an employee's perspective why you'd look at that the other way. After his call, right? I mean, what would convince me to put a company's interest above mine unless I am directly invested and I can see that on a day-to-day basis unless I'm directly invested in the success you know I have ownership in some way of the company or we're doing something where we have this like greater mission right he mentioned charities and, and that's basically what I can think you're doing something great you're, you're bringing something to people in need. Unless it's one of that, why would I give up the convenience of being able to do the work from home? Helps me out. It's better for my family. Why in the world would I give that up to return to the office? So I see that from a personal level. Like I said, it's, it's more of the macro scale where you see the promise or the, uh, the problem and that requires you to look beyond the personal scale, which, again, I don't know if a lot of people are going to do. And I can't blame people for not doing it. On our text board, someone uh, chiming in who's an airline pilot, you talk about an industry that's in the news with uh, another shortage, right? But he said, I love the job. I can't believe they pay me to do it. Said 99% of the people I work for or with are great. I sit around looking out the window all day. I hope you're doing a little more than just sitting around. <laughs> you got your hand on the controller or something. Uh, but that's not a job you can work uh, at home from. So there's, you know, throws a little bit of a wrench into that analogy. But there's somebody who's doing the job because they love it. From the sounds of it, they could pay him less. He'd still be doing it. Don't say your name or else they might take you up on that. But the benefits and look, everybody who's texting in with the benefits of working from home. I get it. I, I did it for what I thought was a really long time. I from like end of March to I think it was the beginning of July or was it the beginning of August? I think it was beginning of July. 
So for about three months, I worked from home, and I thought that was forever. And by the time it was over, I was ready to get back in. Little did I know getting back in, you know, you saw a couple of people. I mean, we're still trying to see people around here. Like, I thought I'd be, all right, I'm ready to be around the office, be around the, all the hustle and bustle again. The, the hustle and bustle wasn't exactly there. I was the only one who felt that way at the time. More people eventually came. But, you know, the people who are chiming in, less wear and tear on your car, things like that. I mean, listen, with the price of gas now, when I was working from home, I was on the same tank of gas, you know, in a normal car for two plus months. I mean, it was insane. Someone else saying, just started a new job out of college. I'm the only one in the office that comes every day, just me and the janitor here on Friday. It feels so strange. I feel bad for you. I feel bad for anyone starting out now. If you're remote or your office is partly remote, you know, who are you talking to? Who are you trying to impress? Who's guiding you on a day-to-day basis to show you what to do and what not to do? Because you can do things, you know, by the book, quote-unquote, right? But it might not be the right way to do it or the smartest way to do whatever it is you're doing. Anyways, think it's interesting. Where are you today? Nine o'clock on a Monday. Let's get to it. I mean, Alan, all, all summer long, for the last two years, Alan, well, he's at home because he doesn't need to be here. There's been nothing going on on the roads. No one's driving. <laughs> During the typical times, you know, every now and then you'll get in a traffic jam, but nothing like what we used to have. I'll be back here tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with me. Brian Mazurowski on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.